This is Edin Koo, Senior Fellow at ISIS Malaysia. This is the ISIS Malaysia series Talking Policy Podcast, Episode 5, which looks at the recent 15 Malaysian general elections results and its consequences. You are listening to Talking Policy, an ISIS Malaysia podcast. Looking at the various discussions and negotiations that are going on to form the next Malaysian government and to see the appointment of our 10th Prime Minister. The 15th general election was widely anticipated for very many months before it was rather hastily called. It was enveloped with a great deal of controversy, especially in the month that it was held, the month of November, when there was expected bad weather with possible flooding and uh, the circumstances rather difficult for the individual voter. Voter was brought into question. Uh, Nevertheless, the election was held on 19th um, November uh, and the results uh, have proved to be quite cataclysmic and quite a watershed uh, in the direction of Malaysian uh, politics uh, for decades to come. Many people are asking the question of why this result Uh, which was unexpected. Uh, Prior to the election, of course, polling agents uh, and uh, research centres were busy looking at possible uh, consequences or or, or the possible results. Uh, And uh, everybody seemed to underestimate uh, one of the leading uh, coalitions or blocs that actually emerged, which was the Perikatan National um, Coalition, uh, which brought together Bersatu and the Islamic Party of Malaysia uh, PAS. Uh, They have won a resounding 73 seats, uh, not quite as much as the Pakatan Harapan, who are in at about 82 or 83. They seem to be more likely to form a coalition as compared to the Pakatan Harapan party. Uh, Right now, negotiations are continuing. Uh, But what does this result actually reflect? It has uh, come as a source of consternation to a great many people that essentially a very traditional party Uh, who basically delivered votes uh, from constituencies that not many people contemplate on a daily basis uh, along the East Coast and northern states, uh, has come essentially to uh, wave across Malaysia and swathe what has conventionally seen to be the voting pattern in prior Malaysian elections. Uh, We cannot talk about General Election 15, without actually reflecting on General Election 14, which basically saw the hold of a dominant party crash and fall uh, and the emergence of essentially a completely consolidated two-party state, whereby the Barisan National that had at that time ruled for about 64 years uh, was defeated uh, by a new coalition. That, of course, has um, caused the ground or the foundations of of Malaysian politics to be quite shattered uh, and the emergence of uh, loyalties, of ideological differences have all come to the uh, fore. Right now, uh, we can basically encapsulate uh, the voting trends or, or, or the political trends in the country to be of uh, three varieties. Uh, basically, there is uh, a West Coast block, uh, there is an East Coast block, there is a north-south uh, divide, and then there is, of course, the what has now been called the Borneo uh, block. 
uh, and each of them is going to have a very significant uh, influence uh, over aspects of uh, administration uh, and uh, uh, policy. Uh, right now, um, the most significant uh, thing is, that we need to understand is that uh, lots of expectations were actually um, got wrong uh, or they were far from the target. Uh, for example, the youth vote, uh, there was a significant delivery of the youth vote for the traditionalist trend uh, in Malaysia. I think that's incredibly uh, significant. Yet on particular side of Malaysia, on the, west, on the urban areas uh, and, the, and, and the west coast in particular, uh, there seemed to be a kind of progressive uh, uh, trend. Um, these are now in contention. Uh, and uh, um, the possibility of these tensions lasting uh, over an extended period of Malaysian political life uh, is uh, very alive. Uh, what becomes very significant uh, now is not so much um, who comes into power, but uh, essentially uh, how uh, that power is going to be sustained uh, with shifting loyalties uh, we have the anti-hopping, uh, anti-party hopping law now, which which of course disallows people to change um, uh, parties uh, mid-parliamentary term, uh, mid yeah mid-parliamentary full full parliamentary term. Uh, but uh, I think the test of loyalties uh, of uh, each uh, parliamentarian uh, is going to put be put to the test as issues and policies come. Uh, to the four very crucial policies are needed. We enter this parliament without a budget, um, and uh, uh, we don't know what the size of the cabinet is. Uh, we are expecting uh, um, major uh, economic challenges next year, and has been reiterated many, many times. Uh, we are need very much uh, to begin to situate ourselves uh, in the region, uh, in the world. Uh, because Malaysia's place is very unknown today uh, to the rest of the world, what our actual positions are on major, major international uh, issues. There is also uh, the aspect of climate change. Uh, and while we have been preoccupied with politics, a lot of the wo world has moved on, uh, everything from COP27 uh, to um, the G20 uh, to APEC, of which we are a member, but we, I think, did not uh, send a delegation for this APEC conference. Uh, a more regional and internationalist attitude has to be taken by this uh, government. We are also South China Sea issues which need to be resolved. So Malaysia's positioning both in the region and in, in the rest of the world uh, needs to be determined and it needs to be determined quickly if we are to meet uh, domestic challenges that are hugely, hugely influenced by international uh, agencies or international issues and affairs. Uh, every time we see a watershed event of this kind, uh, it is followed not by that favoured word that we use today, stability, uh, but with a great deal of having to sort out a mess or, or trying to assemble a new attitude, uh, entering a new uh, era and new configurations. Uh, as democracies mature, as I think Malaysia's democracy is maturing very rapidly, um, and as democratic space is opened up, uh, so will uh, 
accepted conventions uh, of, of how uh, politics will trend uh, and politicians behave also uh, transform. Um, <clears throat> the centralist hold that has uh, prevailed over Malaysia is, is gone. Uh, even the centralized power in the position of the Prime Minister has gone as uh, Prime Ministers will now depend a great deal more on allies um, and uh, less on, on institutional uh, power. Um, we have to understand that even as we can hail and laud the democratic process uh, as opening up, uh, as maturing, uh, so we will also have to understand that that means and that comes with a great deal of responsibility uh, that basically um, parliamentarians, electoral representatives, and everybody in the ecosystem of administration understands uh, what loyalty to constitution is and how their conduct uh, should reflect that and be guided by that. Um, this has been a, a, a real watershed uh, of an election and Malaysia needs to return as it works out all these alliances and all these configurations, what the Malaysian nation actually is all about, what it stands for, uh, how it was imagined and conceived. And that is going to be the un underpinning in how it behaves uh, in the near uh, future and how we accept, embrace and progress with the democratic space that has been opened in the past uh, 10 years uh, and close to a decade. ISIS Malaysia is an autonomous research organization focusing on foreign policy, economics and nation building, innovation and environmental studies. For more information, please visit us at www.isis.org.my.